HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons, third-generation cure masters producing the country's best dry-cured and aged hams, bacon, and sausage. For more information, visit edwardsvaham.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, April 8th. This is the 59th episode of this series, which is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. For those who tuned in last week, I was out of town, so I hope you enjoyed our re-aired episode with, with photographers Ken Goodman and Melissa Holm. Now, today my guest is a top culinary agent, and I will introduce her in a moment. But first, as I do on every show, I will start out with my PR tip. Then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the, of the week. Today's tip is to be proactive. Take initiatives. Don't wait for things to come to you, but seek opportunities for yourself and for your clients. Pitch, follow up, and take action. You can make things happen with just a little extra effort. So go ahead and be a visionary and control your destiny. That's my tip today. Now, my guest today, I'm very happy to have here. It is Alice Chang. She is the founder and CEO of Culinary Agents, a professional networking and job matching site dedicated to the food, beverage, and hospitality industry. Alice is a deeply experienced business, marketing, and sales professional who is passionate about helping people build careers. She spent 13 years at IBM in New York and San Francisco and also worked in a restaurant, later studying food and wine as a hobby. She brings her knowledge of technology into the food and beverage industry to solve inefficiencies and gaps around talent sourcing and career development. Welcome, Alice. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm very happy to have you here and learn more about culinary agents. Love that you're a culinary agent. 
Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what I'm calling you. <laughs> Amongst other things, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, your background's very interesting because you were with IBM for a long time, and now you've moved over into the hospitality industry. So tell me a bit about your background and how you decided to make that switch. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I was in food service for many years prior to um, working at IBM, um, mainly front of house, uh, server, busser, um, working in a hotel catering department, as well as a uh, home waitress. And, and I loved it. I loved the camaraderie. I loved working with the back of house um, and the, the teamwork. And um, and then I went to get, you know, to go to school and to get a quote-unquote real job. It wasn't something that I saw as a, a career for me long term. Um, what I realized is um, um, I kept in touch with, and all my extracurricular activities um, were in the food uh, food industry. So I would go on eating tours with my friends who later went on to culinary school. And um, so it was always around me. And as I was at IBM, um, I specialized in cross-industry innovation. So how to solve problems in an industry um, with technology and digital media, you know, back in 99, which I'm dating myself now. Um, but, you know, we're solving problems like how are people going to watch videos from their phones in the future, right? In the future, yeah, I get it. <laughs> um, and that was really fascinating to me. So I, I, I became part of the um, initial digital media team at IBM, which was like a startup within uh, within IBM. And we got to work on all sorts of cool things like bringing um, you know, NBA.com to fruition and helping uh, PGA.com come to life. And, um, and then I, I ended up focusing on, on digital media, specifically around video distribution. And that's what took me out to the West Coast. Oh, because I was going to ask, you grew up in New York City? Yes. That's yes. exciting. Yeah. So you got, all that, you got all that experience here. <laughs> I did. Okay. I did. Um, and then when I transferred out to San Francisco, I was there for five years and really was able to kind of immerse in, into kind of the technology scene. You know, Facebook was just moving there. Um, Netflix was my baby. I, I was assigned to Netflix, and I, I worked with them on their online streaming, progressive streaming product, which was very exciting. Um, got a little taste of startup life. Um, from an outsider looking in, because I was working at IBM, a big company, and uh, and I loved it. Um, but I spent my free time with my friends who were working in restaurants, um, who were um, owning restaurants and, and uh, taking trips to Napa and visiting vineyards, et cetera. And that really um, was where my true passion was. So you decided to follow this passion, I'm gathering. And then how did you come up with the concept of culinary agents? I did, I did. So while I was on the West Coast, I now had... Um, a network of industry people on the East Coast and West Coast, and my friends started calling me and asking me, you know, hey, my buddy's moving out to, you know, West Coast. Can you um, hook him up with something, you know, of a good job? And and I realized that I was kind of connecting people, finding great jobs in restaurants and catering and freelance, et cetera. But one friend in particular, who was a dear friend of mine and still is today, um, was a chef, and I watched his career progress. And um, I would always be his helpful person, you know, help him with his cover letters and um, his resume and career advice. And um, and I was like, don't you, don't chefs have agents or, you know, isn't there somebody that helps you, you know, um, when you have these types of questions? And he, he said no. And, um, and then as I watched uh, the industry change so dramatically um, because of media, uh, I noticed also technology tools like social media, Facebook, LinkedIn um, were also becoming very prevalent on the technology business side and helping with career development and transparency, et cetera. But there aren't tools to support the development of food, beverage, hospitality professionals. And I said, you know, you guys really need this like 
LinkedIn slash match.com for jobs, but de designed specifically for you because there are so many different nuances and, and challenges that you have. Um, and it's a, just a different industry. So, you know, so I bought the domain name very early and I didn't do anything with it um, back in 2007 because I was had a you know career that yeah, was flourishing. Yeah, another <laughs> job. <laughs> <laughs> I was preoccupied. Um, and then in 2012, I realized, you know what, like, I'm not seeing it happen the, the way that I think it should, and I'm just going to build it. <laughs> you just do it yourself. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah. It's pretty scary, by the way. It sounds a lot easier than it was. <laughs> it's, it is scary, but there was something I recently heard someone say, if it's not scary, everyone would do it. Yeah. You know, if it was easy, everyone would, would take would would, you know, open yeah. their own companies and and be rich. Oh, I think it was <laughs> Ina Garden at the Terry Von Oh, was it? <laughs> Okay, I do not, I so kind of messed up that quote, but I got I, the gist I, of it. I understood. Okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, we saw each other at Jubilee. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Okay, so so you took the plunge in. So now, how did you, be? tell me more about culinary agents and the services, because it is more than just a job matching site. Yeah, absolutely. So we knew, you know, having just have spent a lot of time with people at, at all different parts of this industry, front of house, back of house operators, et cetera. I knew that, you know, a, a typical approach, you know, probably wasn't, and nobody needed another site to sign up to and another email that was going to come to you. Um, we really needed to add value up front and figure out how can we actually solve a problem, save people time and money, and how can we support both sides of the equation? This was not just about um, businesses who would post on Craigslist and get hundreds of emails and sift through them and, and you know post again, etc. This was also about talent, not not quite having a professional um, tool to to help them represent themselves, to showcase their skills and their talent, to reconnect with people that they might have worked with that in a different city and then they moved on uh, along. Um, and, and lost touch, you know, and even even with Facebook and everything, which is great with reconnecting, um, there is a difference with representing yourself professionally, seeking job opportunities in different cities um, through one tool, um, and being able to connect and, and get on employers' radars um, without, you know, uh, in a very efficient way. So it was, how do we help the talent, you know, represent themselves, connect, um, you know, find opportunities and apply and, and, and get on employers' radars, um, but also how do we help um, businesses, you know, have a tool that uh, essentially takes a lot of the burden of, of this, you know, off their plate, you know, a automatic matching that sifts through um, based upon skills and, and requirements in their, their job posts, as well as a, a whole tool on the back end to help them manage, message, take notes with different managers uh, around an applicant. Um, and what's been great is that as we've, um, you know, because we're a technology-driven uh, company and a tech startup, we, we've been able to work really closely with our um, with our early adopters and take the feedback and make the changes. And I think that's what really kind of um, got our early adopters to, to, to really continue to support us very heavily because they realized that, you know, between uh, our technology capability and our industry expertise, we're able to really shape a tool to help them. And that's that's our goal. <laughs> it makes sense. It's wonderful. So you have so so people chefs looking for a job. They can. How does it? Is there a fee to sign up? And 
you just load your resume. Like I was playing around with this, as you know, and I know you can connect LinkedIn and I can be on it even though I'm not looking for a job. Yep. But as a PR radio host, I can have my own profile and be in the community, right? Absolutely. I think one of the things that also kind of added to the the overall idea of this professional community was that, again, going back to this chef friend, Jerome Abistan. Um, <laughs> yeah, give him a call. <laughs> give a little a shout plug. out. <laughs> um, you know, he, he was getting featured in a magazine overseas and he needed a professional professional photo um, and he didn't have any connections to you know he needed headshots and, um, and needed pictures of his food taken and he didn't have that network or somebody that he could reach out to do that and um, not necessarily you know a bundle of of money that he could put towards something like that and you know I and I was able to just you know through my connections find somebody for, to help him and and he was able to barter with you know a meal and um, it was great and I was like you know between the other professions that make up this ecosystem you know really wonderful you know, food stylists you know PR marketing accounting whomever um, this culinary agents really is for all existing and aspiring uh, food and beverage hospitality professionals, people who um, may have become a career changer, spent many years doing something else and decided that they want to take that profession into this industry. Um, we've been successful with helping uh, you know, restaurant groups we work with find social media managers, find accountants and bookkeepers and people who really want to be in the industry but may not have uh, spent their time you know, working in a restaurant or um, so it's really about bringing together the professional community um, and making those opportunities uh, available and visible. So once someone signs up and they have a profile and then a restaurant signs up or, or a food stylist, then they can seek each other out through searches. When you say help them, I mean, how – tell sure. me more exactly so, how that's working. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so the, the short answer is yes. Um, but to your previous question, it's free to join and have a profile. Okay. Um, much like you would create a profile on – you know, LinkedIn or Facebook or, or whatnot, um, and, and it's pretty basic. Um, for talent, you know, you can search um, different uh, sections of different jobs, take a look, um, forward them, see see other jobs that are teed up next to what you're looking at. Um, we also uh, really, and I personally believe heavily in um, career development and mentorship. And one of the things that, you know, I... I pioneered at, at IBM was this thing called virtual mentorship, which was essentially kind of a one-to-many type of mentoring. Um, and uh, we have a, si- a section on our site called Get Inspired, which emulates basically um, leaders from all different parts of the food, beverage, hospitality industry um, and their advice. And we showcase their their timeline, how they got there. And it really is humbling to some, especially kind of uh, folks who may not be as familiar with, you know, the, the hard work it takes to, to develop a meaningful uh, career anywhere, um, you know, may, may be just really um, excited because they watched a television show to see how hard people, w- you know, work to get to where they are and maybe how how uh, how different their path was and they may have had different experiences. But then also the advice that they give to young or aspiring professionals. Um, so there's a lot of things you can see on the site that even if you're not looking for a job, it's, it's meaningful. And, um, you know, our support with, uh, you know, just starting our series of, of networking events, for example, to bring the community together and, um, you know, post-shift have some drinks and bites, um, all, all ways to kind of connect online and offline. I love it. I love that, that you can see someone's track record and get inspired in their advice. I mean, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, it's a great tool to have out there that you can, that people can use. And you were telling me of these networking events. So, is that something you recent you recently started, or in your? Um, I know you have one coming up. 
Yeah, yeah. So we just started uh, this year. Um, we want to do a couple East Coast, West Coast. But we're in 30 cities, so we had to kind of pick pick and choose a couple. You, you answered my question before I asked you. Oh. <laughs> I was curious how many cities you're in. Okay. Yeah, we're in 30 cities, um, really targeting and focusing on, on 10 of them um, by going deep, working with the schools and nonprofit organizations and um, and doing you know some marketing and, and events in the area. Um, but we've got... Uh, you know, one upcoming in New York. It's actually going to be at Hill Country um, in Brooklyn on the April 21st. And actually, while we're here, and we saw it's very timely. Um, for, for there was an email that I got yesterday about a Kickstarter campaign for Heritage Radio Network and their new website. So I'll put this out there um, for all uh, folks who RSVP and join our industry party at Hill Country Barbecue Market um, on April 21st in Brooklyn. We will donate one dollar for every person who comes to the Heritage Radio Network to their Kickstarter campaign. So that is fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. And you can quote me on that. Okay, <laughs> anyone listening? Yeah, we just we did just launch this Kickstarter to to rebuild the Heritage Radio website, and anyone can find that on Kickstarter. And we love your support, and that is so generous of you and wonderful. Um, so thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, we're going to take a little break here, come back and talk more with Alice. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. following program was brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons. Edwards Suriano hams are aged to perfection for no less than 400 days and hickory smoked to achieve a deep mahogany color. The Edwards name is well known for its world-class aged and cured meats. Their exclusive curing and aging recipe produces a unique flavor profile that enhances the quality characteristics of Berkshire pork. Optimum amounts of pure white fat marbling contribute to a flavor that's a delicate, perfect balance between sweet and salty. For more information, visit edwardsvaham.com. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Alice Chang of Culinary Agents. Now, timely news I saw on Twitter yesterday that you have a new industry advisory board. Yes. Absolutely. So, and it was an it's an impressive list. So, how did that come about and what is the advisory board advising on? Yeah, well, and thanks for highlighting that. Um, you know, I'll kind of, I'll, I'll preface this by saying there has been so many people that have supported us from the beginning. And we, you know, we've grown tremendously. We're just about two years old. We're in 30 cities. Um, we're, uh, you know, working with hundreds of schools um, and, you know, thousands of employers, like almost 3,000 of them right now. Um, and so, so other than the eight that we have here, which I'm going to um, talk talk about a little bit here, um, you know, this is kind of a, a public thank you to, to many who have supported us. Um, so we're so excited to announce this, uh, you know, diverse group of, of leaders. Um, some of them um, were were just were just obvious for us um, because they understood right up front what we were trying to do. Um, it's different. The culinary agents approach, you know, what we're building. Um, you know, my personal vision. It, it, it was just something that that um, is different. And with behavior change, sometimes um, you get a little resistance, and sometimes. People can see the vision and they jump on it and they want to help you and support. And, and these folks here early on saw what 
you know, I was trying to do, because in the beginning it really was, you know, it was just me, um, and supported it. And by supporting it, mean, you know, having their teams get behind it and, and, and being tolerant to knowing that they used it and maybe maybe that button didn't react as quickly as uh, they thought it would, but they told us and we fixed it right away. And to that, to them, it was um, proving that, you know, we, we understood, we were hearing, we were um, we were in it to win it to develop this tool to support them and the community. And they recognized that by helping us make the tool better and supporting us, um, they were helping the overall overall community, um, which was great. Um, and, and, you know, we've got uh, folks on the service side. We have folks on the wine side. Um, we've had two master's sommeliers on our uh, advisory board of eight, which which is amazing. Um, tried to cover, you know, we've got food, wine, well, culinary pastry, um, operations, HR, and uh, and schools, um, and I'm sure that uh, this this will grow over time. But for now, um, we're, we're going to start off with these amazing individuals. It's great. I mean, I I'm familiar with with several of the names, and I know <laughs> I know Anthony Rudolph was one of the people, and he's he's coming on my show in a few weeks. So. That's exciting. And Gavin Kaysen. And I keep talking about Gavin on my show. It keeps coming up. Um, but really good, talented, talented people and impressive restaurant groups. Yeah, absolutely. Also, a lot of, um, uh, you know, we've got Anthony Rudolph, uh, Bobby Stuckey, who's owner of Fosca Food and Wine, um, Gavin Kaysen, chef owner of Spoon and Stable, Johnny Zuni, founder owner of Sugar Fueled Inc., um, Julie Secfiar, HR director of Thomas Keller Restaurant Group. Kimberly Galvin, VP of Operations at One Off Hospitality Group, Ron Hayes, who's the Associate Director of Career Services and Culinary Institute of America in, in Sabato Cigaria. Sorry, Sab. Um, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Chief Restaurant Officer, Union Square Hospitality Group. So it's really um, an amazing, um, diverse uh, group of people who who really are committed to supporting the growth of, of you know, building this resource for, for the community. It's wonderful. It's a great list. I'm sure they will they will be a great team to be working with. So, um, I want to see. So, my last show I had on Beverly Stephen and Jim Porras, and they were of formerly a food arts magazine. So I asked them to ask you a question. So they wanted to know if you had a format for acknowledging the people who are job seekers. Beverly was noting how people often apply for jobs and it, it kind of goes into this black hole. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the way the site is set up is you can set your personal preferences and actually say that you're looking for a job um, or you're just here to network. Um, and, and as you select what you're what you're actually here to do, um, that, you know, gets triggered into the system and, and, and things come to you appropriately. So if you're looking for a job, um, you start seeing matches come to you because um, we're assuming that you're looking for a job. And then if you check that you're no longer looking for a job, you're not going to be getting things. Um, but... Uh, um, but but I, but for example, um, if you apply to a job or if people are applying to a job, it really is that manager's responsibility to respond to the applicant. We make it really easy in a dashboard manner so the businesses can manage um, the process. But the talent can also see what applications they've got outstanding that have been that are currently in the queue. Um, so other than a black hole of like, let me send my email to you know info at off of the mm -hmm. website and maybe you don't actually know it it was received by a person um, 
because uh, of the, the community and, and um, the fact that businesses have profiles on our site that they manage, um, there is more of a um, kind of a connection that is made for the site. And you can follow up on the site and see that your follow-up has gone through. Um, but, you know, the, this industry is high volume in all aspects, right? Uh, if you have a desirable position and you have... Um, you know, a lot of uh, applicants um, with the tools to, to manage, you know, sometimes sometimes managers just don't get back to them for whatever reason. You know, they, they um, filled the position and they didn't have time um, or they don't want to tell them that they filled the position and want to keep them in their pipeline. Right. So. Right. The just, good thing that. Yeah, <laughs> it just is what it is. <laughs> the, the, the good thing is what we're seeing is that. Um, because of the simplicity of connecting and how, how we have it laid out, um, we do see managers getting back to applicants um, in, a, in a fairly quick uh, manner because they're looking for people, you know, and, and we've got quality people, and there are a lot of quality people out there looking for jobs. Yeah, matchmaking. <laughs> and they're, they're nervous, you know, that um, that if they don't respond, that, the, that we make it so easy for other opportunities to get teed up to the talent that, um, that there's other, you know, other jobs they might be applying to. Right. Well, what jobs are are being sought the most these days? I know from earlier in the year, I was talking about line cooks being, there's a shortage of line cooks. I don't know if right. that's still the case. Are, are you seeing that, like more applicants or more people looking for a particular position? Yeah. You know, I, 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 I used to say when I saw something that was about shortage of line cooks, as a lot of people asked me, I, I would say, you know, there's no shortage of line cooks. There's a miss, there's a gap in the expectations of a line cook. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you, know one, you know, because it's such a broad term, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but line cook absolutely continues to be a very, um, you know, consistent posting um you know we right now our, our site is is 40 percent back of house 53 percent front of house and seven percent office or office and admin and other so it's a pretty healthy split um so i would say you know for the um and that's the the user side um and the posting side is very similar so i would say uh line cook is always always a position that continues to come up um we're seeing more of pastry more pastry side um i don't know if that's Due to um, more special, more like baking and you know pastry and, and more specialization, but people are, are getting more specific with what they're looking for, um, and that's uh, that's across the board. You know, I was going to ask: Is there a difference in trends or, or what's being looked looked for between East Coast, West Coast, or the other cities you're in? Yeah, well, I think for example, in San Francisco, um, you know, the 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 fact that the public transportation isn't as widely available and you know living cost is high it does make it more difficult for for folks that are you know not making those types of wages to to be able to live in the city and then get home right so um i think those types of factors play into it um and then of course with seattle with their minimum wage and i think all those other factors play into it um but we're but it's it's pretty it's pretty common uh, across, across the board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you, you see the, the need for the hourly staff just as much as you see for a salary. Um, turnover for hour, hourly may be a little bit bit more, but um, we've seen a lot more requests of um, uh, general manager 
uh, or um, those types of positions. And because our site allows you to actually post your job in other cities, um, we've had a lot of people, we're, we're seeing that on the back end, where somebody may be looking for a general manager in New York, and they'll post it to match in Chicago and Philly and Boston and Miami and San Francisco. Yeah, well, just thinking the other day, it happens to me on LinkedIn, I connect with people in the industry, and then their follow-up, it was it happened the other day, a GM, we connected, and then the next was a message, let me know if you know of any job opportunities for managers. <laughs> so now I know what my response is. Absolutely. I know fun culinary, culinary agents. <laughs> um, because, uh, yeah, I think I think in this industry there is a lot of turnover and people moving up or wanting to, you know, shift around. Yeah, and that ties in um, directly with kind of the, the type of the tool and what we also promote, which is, you know, your job is just a stepping stone to the next to your career. Um, and what we're seeing now is more people looking at um, looking more longer term. In I want to work for this restaurateur, I want to work for this chef, I want to work under this sommelier, um, and they're thinking through what types of skills that they're going to need in order to get to where they want to go. If your goal is to become a master sommelier, you want to work with and, and for um, other credible, you know, uh, you know establishments that have history of employing master sommeliers or maybe there's a particular chef that you want to learn certain skills from and um and due to the nature of the people in this industry you know they're, they're a lot more mobile more willing to take those um personal sacrifices of moving or whatever it may be to enhance their skills to get to the next level and to learn um and so for for us we just want to make it easier <laughs> yeah and i think you are so um, is do you, is there anything else coming up that I that we didn't touch on that you want to share about culinary agents? Yeah, well, you know, it's an April's an exciting month. Um, we've got this show, which was very exciting for us. Uh, we have a couple of <laughs> yes, woo. Um, we have uh, a couple of industry um, nights coming up, um, and uh, tune in later this month for some exciting announcements. Okay, <laughs> teaser. <laughs> um, no, I'm just trying to hook in my next radio show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, but we're you know we, we've noticed in the past um, six months we've gotten a lot more um, postings and requests from hotels uh, and specialty grocers. So like Whole Foods uses us quite frequently and is successful, um, and that's gotten us to think um, more about revamping and making it easier for other segments. You know we do um, restaurants are very successful with us, uh, restaurant groups and everything that's kind of related to that. Um, hotels are built a little differently. You know while the, while the food service and, and the restaurants. Um, they also have, you know, different needs in the banquet and catering departments, maybe room service, etc. Um, as well as specialty grocers, the the positions are different sometimes. Um, but there are common kind of skill sets and de- denominators that they can um, be a viable option for a career move for a lot of people that you know are already on our site. So um, we're really excited to start working closer with uh, with with those groups um, and some schools and. Um, and yeah, we're we're just we're just growing. That's awesome. Excited to hear what yeah. what's coming up. So, okay, we're gonna take another break here. We're gonna come back. We're gonna do my speed round game. Talk some industry news. This is on the industry on Heritage Radio Network.
Okay, we're back. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guest today is Alice Chang of Culinary Agents. It's time for my speed round game. So I'm going to name two things, and you just pick your preference. It's very easy. Okay. <laughs> should I be scared? <laughs> you should not be scared. Okay. Here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Wine, beer, or cocktail? All of the above. All right. Done. <laughs> Tasting menu or a la carte? Tasting menu. Small plates or large plates? Small plates. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Both. I like it. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Filling front of the house positions or back of the house? Both. (laughs) Very (laughs) politically correct. (laughs) How about tech or hospitality industry? Both. Come on. Lots of both. (laughs) Just a pick one. Cheese plate or dessert? Cheese plate. Manhattan, Brooklyn, or San Francisco? Manhattan. You are quick. I mean, the boats, I'll like, get away with them because I don't have strict rules here, but... <laughs> Very good. Okay, so let's talk some industry news. Uh, so last week, Food & Wine magazine announced its annual list of the best new chefs of 2015, and... They picked 10 restaurants. It turned into 11 chefs because there's a duo at one. And there were two women on the list. And, you know, it's this is always a, a list that people look forward to and and chefs strive to get on because um, it's food and wine. And these they, they pick these uh, – they pick out people who really set trends in, in restaurants across the U.S. And I like seeing the list because I find myself I'm – tend to be New York centric and so it, it 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 introduces me to people across the country because Bryce Schumann uh of Bettany was the one New York City chef but there were um who else Zoe Antonitos of Westward in Seattle we had Jake Bickenholp of 42 Grams in Chicago I mean it was a good rep, rep, list across the country of Asheville Indianapolis Austin lots of places represented were you familiar with these any of these chefs? I was. Um, well, Bryce, you know, because he's yeah. home field advantage for me. Yeah, um, and he's great <laughs> on top of that. Um, but uh, I was I was excited to see Bestia on there. I know um, I met I had the pleasure of dining at Bestia oh, um, yeah. in L.A. And, and met Ori and, um, and and I, I really enjoy the food. I was really um, I, I think that you know that I, recent trip to L.A. really showed how their scene is really changing and that's one of the things that one of the beauties of working in multiple cities at the same time is that you really see the evolution of the of the dining scene um as well as the talent um and i think in in la you're seeing a lot of um chefs you know uh, kind of doing their own thing breaking out and, and and thriving and people are seeking them out um you know animal and son of a gun and um, and Republic, and it just it, it's it's great. I mean, I, I still had like seven or eight that um, on my list after I ate at you know ten fifteen places for a three day trip. But <laughs> it's funny because I was in LA about five years ago, and I did restaurant hopping and Animal Son of a Gun. I went to uh, Jose Andres's The Bazaar, and I, I I found the LA dining scene to be really strong and impressive. And yeah. service was excellent too. Excellent, yes, I totally agree. <laughs> and I guess I was a bit surprised. I don't. I just it was it was it was amazing. So yeah, well, I, I, I think that you know chefs like 
Ori and, and, and some of the other folks that are really trying, you know, they're doing their thing and they're paving the way. They're changing the stereotype, too. Um, you know, maybe um, that has come with maybe the dining scene in, mm-hmm. in a particular city. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, the restaurants you heard about in the L.A. area were the ones that the celebrities were eating at. And, you know, it, it was it's almost like, you know, uh, you know, why else should we eat there just because, you know, some, some movie star went to, to eat there. And, and a lot of these folks are defining their own cuisine and gaining their merits based upon their service and their, uh, and their food. Um, same with Austin. That scene is like, wow. I mean, <laughs> I was going to mention that cause I haven't been to Austin in a really long time and I'm due for a trip. And I got lucky because I went to a dinner a few weeks ago at the Chef's Club of New York, and the guest chefs were Michael Fujazek and Gray Nonis, I hope I said his name right, of Olame, which is on this list. Yeah. And so I've had their food, and they, they had this amazing biscuit, and um, I was happy to see them on the list because I kind of went, I didn't go to the restaurant, but, I, you know, I experienced what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, absolutely, and you know, I, I just put forty-two grams on my list of places that I need to hit. In <laughs> Me Chicago, too. <laughs> and I'm there in a couple of weeks. Um, um, so I, I think it's great. I agree with you. I think um, uh, you know it was um, pretty diverse in in where they were um, picking from, but also in in the styles of of the uh, the chefs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can't comment on on the others because I haven't eaten there yet. I'll put them on my list, but. Uh, obviously, being on this, this um, th- there are much smarter people than I who have formed this list. Well, well, <laughs> Kate Crater, who's yeah. basically, uh, uh, this is, a, I would say, a bit of her baby, or she picks, you know, she's a, a large part of this. And I, I saw her recently, and she had gotten back from Indianapolis and was telling me how awesome it was. And I'm like... Research so- and development for this must have been extremely <laughs> difficult. I was not surprised when I saw an Indianapolis restaurant on the list. Um, but she's, I don't know how she does it, but she's able to find these amazing... <laughs> amazing chefs all yeah. around the country so it's really cool yeah so we'll, we'll have to travel and try try places <laughs> we'll add that to the list yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay then the other article i had so today in the new york times pete wells did a double review of lamani and estiatorio milos he gave them both one star and milos has been around since 1997 and lamani opened in November last year. They are both midtown, expensive Greek restaurants also that are known for seafood. So I've been to Milos and it's, I had a great meal there, but it is pricey. Um, I haven't been to the new one. Are you familiar with these? I'm not familiar with, um, I've never dined at either one of them. Um, you know, that, that area I'm familiar with. I mean, I worked in midtown for years and years and years. Um, um, and, and, you know, it certainly caters to um, a crowd uh, um, and, uh, and an expense budget. <laughs> and, you know, if, you, if, you, if that's the profession you're in, if you're in a business you need to entertain, you know, those are very viable options. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think nowadays between you asked the question, you know, tipping are all inclusive earlier, and, and, and they said both. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like um, the dining experience is, I mean, a lot of the article or a lot of, I, I actually read a lot of the comments as well, and, and I know it hit upon, you know, the pricing, et cetera. And, you know, I know, I think diners nowadays are, have enough resources to inform themselves once they make, to make a decision, a dining decision. And if a dining, if a diner wants to eat there and, and, and they're able to read all these reviews and, and prepare themselves for, you know, how much it's going to cost and, and go for it. Um, so, you know, 
I think at this at this stage, there's so many great places to dine, um, and there's so many resources to help you make that decision. That you know, yeah, you pick one. I mean, <laughs> or, or or you know, or don't go there. <laughs> well, my my favorite line of the review was at the end when he said, "Readers who give any thought to their dinner budgets have no doubt decided to run screaming from Midtown and head straight to Astoria, Queens." Yeah, and you, know, you pointed out you can go to Astoria Seafood, and you know, like basically you can get great seafood and and Greek food um, at a lesser price. Um, But there's certainly an audience for these type of restaurants. Uh, Absolutely. And there's, and and, and there are visitors. I mean, there, Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows? Maybe people are here on on vacation or celebrating something and and they, and and they want to go to a high end Greek uh, seafood restaurant. And those seem like two viable options. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Agreed. And maybe they don't know how to get to Queens. I don't know. Probably the people going there don't know how to get to Queens. <laughs> okay, great. We're going to take one more break and come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience. This is all in the industry on Heritage Radio Network. And all of the music on today's show by Mamarazzi. If you're enjoying it, that's Mamarazzi. We'll be right back. Welcome back to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience, which this week is brought to you by One House Hospitality Headhunters, who you can follow on Facebook. And One House is spelled one and H-A-U-S, or anyone looking for that. Now, this week I was away in Buenos Aires, and I dined at Casa Salt Shaker. Here's the rundown. The location, an apartment in Barrio Norte in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The concept, a closed restaurant, communal dining experience with a tasting menu paired with wines. The chef and owner, Dan Perlman. Why did I go? Because I wanted to try this unique restaurant concept. My experience. I arrived at 8.45 and was greeted by Dan's partner, Henry, and led to the patio where the group was enjoying a cocktail. There were 10 of us in total, representing New York, Texas, California, and Switzerland. We sat at a communal table in the dining room and shared stories and compared notes about our trips to Buenos Aires. Dan joined us for conversation between courses, and it was a lovely evening. What did I get? Dan prepared a five-course tasting menu that focused on Mediterranean and Andean cuisines. The menu was presented in Spanish and included wine pairings, which I skipped as I'm not a drinker. I'm going to give now the English names of the dishes we had so I don't butcher the Spanish language. So dinner began with house-baked bread and smoked tomato cheesecake. It was followed by shellfish soup, eggplant strudel, and chicken with jalapeno potatoes, and lastly, a passion fruit and quince tart. My take? Everything was muy delicioso. And most of the dishes had a little kick to them, as Dan cooks with spice compared to traditional Argentine cuisine. My favorite courses were the savory cheesecake, silky soup, 
and wonderful fruit dessert, but really everything was excellent. The scene? A relaxing dinner in a home. Perfect for food and wine lovers seeking a one-of-a-kind dining experience with conversation with new friends. Interesting tidbit. Dan formerly lived in New York City and worked as a wine director at restaurants including Felidia, Veritas, and AZ. After a vacation to Buenos Aires in 2005, where he met Henry, he moved there and started Casa Salt Shaker. Personal fun fact. Over dinner, Dan and I figured out that I had worked for the PR company that represented AZ in 2001 when Dan was the wine director and manager there. Small world indeed. The cost 70 U.S. dollars, not including tax and tip. I don't think there's tax, but you can tip. (laughs) And would I go back? C. That's my Spanish for yes. (laughs) Website, casasaltshaker.com. So it was very cool. Across the country, reunited with a a chef from New York. Yeah, I I recognized that name, actually, when you were saying that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I thought I recognized it, too, when I, I... Decided I signed up to go, but I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. But we figured out we we kind of, we worked together. <laughs> yeah, and it was excellent. I would recommend it to anyone in Buenos Aires. Okay, so getting to the final part of the show. So it's time for the final question. Now, my next guest is Joe Di Stefano of Chopsticks and Marrow, which is a Queens-based food writer known for his New York City food tours and gastronomic adventures. Speaking of queens, right? <laughs> this guy knows knows his stuff. So, uh, Alice, can you ask a question for Joe? Sure, sure. Um, it's Joe, uh, you are known for your queens food tours. If you could have someone show you around anywhere in the world, uh, where would you like to visit and eat? That's a great question. I love it. Well, I'm excited to have him on, and thank you so much for for coming on today. Thank it was you for really having me. Really great to have you here, and I I wish you the best with Colin culinary agents it's uh, a great concept and i'm impressed with all you've done already thank you so much and, and everybody come april 21st hill country barbecue in brooklyn okay. 10 p.m to 1 a.m uh, rsvp um is uh in event bright and everyone who comes we will donate one dollar to the heritage radio network uh, kickstarter campaign awesome Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. I've been talking with Alice Chang of Culinary Agents. Her website is culinaryagents.com, on social media at culinaryagents, at Alice Y. Chang. My social media at Sherry Bayer, at Bayer PR, at All Industry. As a reminder, all of our shows are archived on heritageradionetwork.org. We are on Stitcher and iTunes. And please support our Kickstarter campaign for our website rebuild project. I hope you will become a backer. Thanks to my engineer, Jack, and to Alice and everyone out there listening. I'm Sherry Bayer, and we'll be back next Wednesday with another live show. Hope you'll tune in then. Thanks for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.